you're risking organ failure. We need to pull you. Wish I would have ate more. I've cut so much food. Ever since the water prison, I haven't been able to catch a single fish. I don't know how long I can keep going. I'd love to be the first woman to win, but I'm getting quite thin. I have this pain in my tooth. Even a small chip in your tooth can just lead to the biggest problem. Well, I don't know if you guys remember me. I actually uh, mentioned that uh, TV show a week or two ago in one of my messages. And uh, by the way, let me just say, I'm not necessarily endorsing. I haven't seen all the episodes of that show, just seen a couple of them. But uh, so if parents, if you watch that and then there's some bad stuff on there, Pastor Robbie didn't say it was a good show. All right, all right. But as I think about that show, and as uh, we have watched a few of those episodes, um, it's pretty powerful to think about. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that, but the show is called Alone. And they basically are taking people out in the middle of nowhere in South America in the jungle and just leaving them there and seeing how long they can last alone in the wilderness and survive. Well, there's a lot of different pieces, obviously, that goes along with the struggle with that. Obviously, being alone, being in some torturous conditions. I think about that show and some of that, uh, some of that experience. I think about... People who are prisoners of war. I've never had that experience, but to hear about someone who's been a prisoner of war, who's had to endure those conditions, and there are so many different things that really kind of bear down on a person in that kind of situation. But I think one of the most powerful things that happens that people struggle with in that situation is a feeling of losing hope. Why don't you think about it? How important is hope? If you watch and you hear about on the news a child went missing, well, we hope. We're still holding out hope. We're still thinking we're hope. There's some leads. How different is that than, well, it looks like they've lost all hope of finding the child. If someone's working hard, if they're at your job, you're, you're, you feel like you're worn out and, and you really feel like you need a break. If you were to say to somebody, hey, I'm hoping to get my vacation next month. I'm hoping, right? That, that changes everything, doesn't it? I've got something that I can hang on to. You can take almost any challenging situation you could think of and think about something happening in that challenge that would bring hope and how different that changes the situation. When I think about the word hope, I can't think, I can't help but think about when our church got started. When we first came here and we were praying about how to do this work and how to get things going and even praying yes about a name. Have you ever thought about that? I mean, it's kind of like naming your kids. That's kind of a big deal, isn't it? Hey, this is the thing that's going to kind of go with them. This is going to kind of go with it. So we really kind of prayed about, God, what is the name you want to give to this church? And as we would talk to people and just kind of get to know people, the impression I got is that many people had lost hope in spiritual things. And as I really began to get to know people better and kind of hear the situation, what I found is that a lot of people had not really given up on God. They had given up on finding a place, 
finding a church where they could get to know him and grow in him and be involved in the work that he wanted to do in this world. And so I saw many people who were trying to live their life on their own and it wasn't working for them. So we wanted to provide what? Hope. New hope. Maybe could, there, could it be that God could work in your life? Amen? Could it be that you could find a place, uh, find a church, find a family, a spiritual family where you could truly learn about God, truly have God work in your life, and you be a part of what He's doing in this world? And i got to tell you, just as a side note, what a blessing it's been over the years. So many of you, I never knew when I was sitting in my basement that dark, dingy basement, cold basement, praying about all you people. I never knew that, that people were going to say to me one day, Pastor Robbie, this church truly has been new hope for my life. Wow. Hope is a powerful thing, isn't it? The reason we're talking about this together this weekend is because we're doing this series called Strong Words. We're saying, hey, as we open the Bible, there's some things that just keep coming up. There's some words, if you pay attention, that just kind of keep, God keeps saying over and over again. And, and certainly when God says something one time, it's important, right? But if God continues to emphasize some word or some concept, we have to step back and say, God, what is it about that word that, under, that, that you want me to understand and experience in my life? So over the last few weeks, we've talked about several of those strong words. We talked first of all about faith. We talked about trusting God. That's what faith is. It is absolutely critical to our lives. We talked about love. Man, if we were going to summarize the whole Bible, we might say the one word that God wants us to get is not our love, not what we think of as love, but God's kind of love. We talked about grace, amazing grace. God does these amazing, wonderful, kind things toward favors that He does for us. And we don't even deserve them, but He's willing to. We talked about truth last week. Maybe not as warm and fuzzy, amen? Truth, truth is not something that we want to kind of cuddle with. It's not like our teddy bear, right? But truth is something that we understand we need and that God teaches us what is real and what is right and what is good for our lives. And by the way, if you've missed any of those messages, I want to encourage you. All of those messages are free for you online on our website. And you can go back and listen to all those messages. But this weekend, we're going to talk about strong word number five. We're talking about the word hope. And over the last few weeks, as we've talked about those different words, we've tried to say to you, hey, there's a reason why we're looking at this word. The Bible seems to give us an importance an emphasis on this word. And so that's kind of what we want to do with hope as we start out together this weekend. So let's talk about that. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 13. I'm going to read for you here in just a moment about the importance of hope. Like I said, earlier in this series, we've talked about faith. And we've talked about love. And actually, as we talked about those words, those strong words, we read or we at least referenced this passage 1 Corinthians 13, verse 13. So I want to read it for you again in thinking about our strong word for today. The Bible says, But now faith, hope, love abide these three. But the greatest of these is love. Now, in my New American Standard that I 
preach out of for you every weekend, it says there are three things that abide. Now, actually, I don't think that's probably the best translation. I think, I mean, it is an, it is an accurate translation for sure, but I like the word remain. There are three things that, and, and certainly when you understand that, you can get the idea of abide. But, but I don't exactly see that picture unless I hear the word remain. There are three things, faith, hope, and love that remain. That means there are three things that stick around. There's three things that aren't going anywhere. All right, that's what it's saying, right? In fact, as you read the Bible, do those other translations. Read those other translations so you get that sense. The Bible saying there's three things that aren't going anywhere. And before we move on, I don't want to get too technical, but I do want to point out something here. It says now faith, hope, and love remain. Some Bible teachers have taken that now. Okay, it says faith and hope are like love. And so some Bible teachers have taken that to mean that they're critical now, the emphasis being on now, but we won't really need faith and, faith and hope in eternity. That's the way some Bible teachers take this. The thinking is you no longer need faith in heaven, right? Because we've been trusting for things we didn't see. Now we see those things. Same thing for hope. We've been looking for some things that we didn't see, but now that hope has been realized. And there's some biblical, uh, maybe, foundation for that, to think of it that way. 1 Peter 1, verse 9, talks about the faith part. Romans 8, verse 24, talks about the love part. But others have said that that now might not be a time indicator, but just kind of a transitional word as the conversation is going. So as we're having a conversation, Paul says, as we're having a conversation about love, now let's understand that faith hope and love remain. And so the idea there would be that faith, hope, and love remain for how long? Forever. Okay? So that would be the thinking there. Either way, the main point of this passage is that love is number one, right? Okay? So let's don't forget that. Love lasts forever. For our purposes right now, it doesn't matter if the other two, if the, if the, if the idea is that they remain in this life or forever, the real point is that love is supreme, and as part of that, we see that faith and hope are pretty high up there too, at least in this life, which is what I'm living right now anyway, right? And possibly, according to the interpretation, possibly even, for, and to, to be honest with you, I think you can make a case that faith and hope have a place even in eternity. But that's not super important. The, the biggest thing that, that we're trying to draw out at this point is that hope is, is pretty important. Amen? Now, listen, faith, hope, and love remain. They're not going anywhere. These three things are very big deals to God. They are strong words. And once again, I want to encourage you to go BibleGateway.com. I've mentioned that website several times. Go to a website like that and, and just do a search of the word hope. And if you do, you're like me, you're going to be amazed at how much the word hope is emphasized in God's word. I was thinking about that this week. Because honestly, if you ask me, Pastor Robbie, I don't know everything, but I've learned some things. Pastor Robbie, 
Write down what you think are the top 10 or 20 words in all the Bible. Okay, maybe if you'd give me 10 or 20, I might have put hope. But I'm just being honest with you. If I was thinking about strong words, if I was thinking about the most important words, I might not have automatically thought of hope right off the bat. It's certainly important. I mean, we're not trying, I'm not trying to minimize it. But I don't know if I would have thought of it as that important until I read 1 Corinthians 13, verse 13. And then I begin to see how much it's emphasized in the Bible. And I think it maybe begins to make more sense when we think about what hope actually means. Let's think about a definition of hope. My online Bible program says that it comes from a word meaning to anticipate. Hope means to anticipate, usually with pleasure. That's kind of a good way of thinking, right? Hope means I'm anticipating something and, and it's pleasurable to anticipate it. Because anybody that's ever gotten in trouble before your dad gets home knows that we can anticipate things that aren't pleasurable. Amen? Okay, y'all with me? So this is a positive expectation. In fact, I would call it maybe hope is an expectation of good. In fact, that might, my definition might be a confident expectation of good to come. That's hope. I, especially our hope in God is confident, right? And that's something we need to realize because in, in our world, hope could mean we're not sure. Isn't that correct? I'm hoping that something's going to happen. But we need to realize that in God's economy, when we're talking about hoping in God, it is a confident expectation of something good to come. Now think about it. How many times in our lives do we need that? How many situations do we find ourselves in where we say, I just need a little what? I just need a little bit. Some kind of little indication. Just some strand of evidence that things are going to be okay. That things are going to work out in some kind of positive way. How often is hope the single greatest thing that changes our perspective? As I thought about that this week, how powerful hope is. My situation can still be just as lousy as it was yesterday. But if I have hope, it can totally change how I'm viewing the situation. So the Bible says hope is so important to God, and we clearly see that it is critical for our lives. So the question we need to think about is, where can we get some of that? Amen? Where can we find that hope? My situation may not change right now, immediately, or maybe for a while, but where can I find hope? My goodness, what an amazing, important thought. Where can I go to get that kind of thing? If you think about it, many of the wrong choices in our life could possibly be attributed to looking for hope in all the wrong places. I can't help some of you as soon as I say, I know, 1980 Johnny Lee, looking for love in all the wrong places, right? That guy's marred us for life when you say all the wrong places. I was looking for love in all the wrong places, looking for love in too many faces, searching their eyes and looking for traces of what I'm 
I fought the, I fought the urge as I was preparing. I said, I got to be careful. I'm going to start singing, and I do not want to sing. That song, I could probably lead you guys right out. You're just dying for me too, aren't you? But I'm not going to do it. Of what I'm dreaming of. Wasn't he really saying, I'm looking for what I was hoping for. And he was obviously talking about relationships, but it could be money. I hope many people put our hope in money. I hope that this will make me happy. Maybe it's career advancement. I hope that this will make me feel significant. Sometimes it's, it's substance abuse. I need something that can maybe, hopefully, help me with this, the pain that I'm dealing with. There may be lots of different things that we are looking for, but we are hoping that this or that or whatever it is can help us. So where can we truly find real hope? Amen? True hope, not, what would we say? Not what? False hope, right? Not something that gives us an incorrect confident expectation that ultimately lets us down. First of all, we find our hope in God. I say, first of all, this is the umbrella. This is, this, everything else I'm going to say comes under this. I'm not just talking about comes after this. I'm talking about comes under this. Friend, can I share something with you? If hope means a confident expectation of good, if that is what we're looking for, the only place that you are ever going to find that in all of eternity is in God. And we fight that, don't we? We will look everywhere else but friends, listen, He's made the promises and good ones. Amen? He's made the promises and He's made good ones and He has the ability. He rose from the dead, people. Amen? He has the ability to defeat our worst enemy. People say that somebody, wasn't, somebody said that there's two things in life that we can't avoid, death and taxes, and we all say amen to that. Amen? If you trust in the Lord, no matter what your situation you can have a confident expectation of good that is coming for your life. That's why the psalmist said this in Psalm 42, verse 5. Why am I so discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I want to have a confident expectation of good. And I can have that if I put my hope and my trust in God. Let me just give you a summary of a couple more verses. Jeremiah 14, 22. We hope in you for you're the one who has done all these good things. 1 Timothy 4, 10. We have fixed our hope on the living God. That's a great passage. Amen. What are you hoping in? I have fixed my hope on the living God. 1 Timothy 1, verse 1. Jesus. We not only hope in Him. 1 Timothy 1, 1 says Jesus is our hope. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 21 says, your faith and your hope are in God. Over and over again, the Bible calls us to put our hope in God. Have you put your hope in God? Listen, if God doesn't come through, it ain't going to work for me. 
Amen? I'm serious. I've taken all the chips and put them on the God side. I mean, it's, it's, there's no other way. There's nothing else. If this doesn't work out, sorry for Robbie. Amen? Have you come to a point in your life where you've said, I desperately need rescuing. I need a Savior. And I, I, I am no longer going to put my hope in my spouse, in my kids, in my job, in our house, in our money, in our church, in our country, in the weather. I'm not putting my hope in anything else. I am putting my hope in God. I'm giving my life to Him. Have you ever given your life to Jesus Christ? And I'm not just talking about praying a prayer to receive a free gift that doesn't matter to you. That's what we're talking about. This is not just some nice offer that's being given by some store called God. What we're saying is, God, I need you. You created me. I can't live without you. I give, uncle, it's over. I am giving my life, my complete hope. If you don't work out, God, it's not going to work. Amen? Have you ever made that decision? You can do that right now. Jesus, please, you are my hope. And I give my life to you. Amen. And many of us have. But it's so easy for us as we're walking through life to put our hope in other things. Amen. And to be disappointed. Maybe God's speaking to you right now. That you theoretically, listen, we Christians are good at this. We're good at living in theory, right? Theoretically, I, one, one day back there, I gave my life to Jesus Christ. But am I daily? You can tell who you're hoping in by what disappoints you. Amen? If you're consistently being disappointed in life, that probably means that you're putting your hope in someone or something other than God. And if you put all your hope in God, you're going to learn to put your hope in His Word. Friends, I cannot emphasize this. I cannot... It is impossible for me to overemphasize this point. When you are looking for a confident expectation of good to come in your future, you must learn to begin moving more and more towards putting your hope in the Word of God. I want to share something with you that I hope I can do justice to. It's kind of an illustration for my own life. Many of you have been so kind over the last little while to, to, to ask me how I'm doing health-wise to pray for me. Many of you know that over the last few years I've sort of had some health challenges. And let me just, by way of an update, to say, praise the Lord. Lyme disease, I feel like I'm 95% recovered. Praise the Lord. i still got a few things. Still working on my throat issue. Thank you so many of you for praying for my voice. But I want to I kind of go back a couple of years for you. Two or three years ago when Lyme was its worst. I remember some moments laying on my back in my bed where I could not even lift my head off of my pillow. And I had my cell phone. I brought it with me to bed because I knew that I was not going to be able to get up again. And I, was, I said, you know what? I'm going to hear from God. You know what I did? I could barely pick up my cell phone. I would bring it over. I would search all these different amazing, wonderful, godly people who are online. 
and I would hear messages from the Word of God. Friends, I, I cannot convey to you, I cannot convey to you the hope that my God gave me purely based on His wonderful Word. God gave me precious promises that I'm running into and towards right now. Amen? God spoke to me personally. He gave me verses. There's one passage. One day I'm going to preach on it. I don't know if I can. Maybe it's just between me and God. But God gave me one passage that was, this is for you, Robbie. And just, even though my circumstances screamed, there is no hope for you anymore. The Word of God continued to say to me, there is hope for you. I have a plan and a purpose. I'm going to raise you up. I'm going to continue to use your life. That purely came from the Word of God. I had nothing else to cling to except the promises of God's Word. What amazing gifts God gave me through that. Psalm 130 verse 5 says this, I wait for the Lord. My soul does wait. And in His Word do I hope. I don't hope for a cure for Lyme disease. I don't hope for uh, this person to do this. I don't hope for this check to come through. I don't hope for this situation to happen like this. I hope in the Lord and His Word. That's what I'm waiting upon. Lamentations chapter 3, verses 19 through 32. I don't know if we're going to read all these verses you can go back. Listen, Lamentations. By the way, does Lamentations sound very positive? It's not a great word, is it? Okay, go back and read it. Remember my affliction and my wandering, the wormwood and bitterness. Surely my soul remembers and is bowed down within me. Okay, translated, he's having a bad day. Amen. Listen, this I recall to my mind. Therefore, I have hope. Listen. The Word of God says, The Lord's loving kindnesses indeed never cease. No matter what you think, no matter how you're feeling right now, God's loving kindness has never ceased. It doesn't feel like it right now, but the Word of God says they are still there for you. For His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion. Good night. It does not matter what is happening in my life. We cut the pie. You got your piece. The Lord is my portion of the pie. I got a lot of pie. Amen. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I have hope in Him. The Lord is good to those who wait for Him, to the person who seeks Him. I want to read the whole passage. You go back. It is so, so good and so rich. Friends, are you putting your hope in the promises of God? Boy, those first two are so important. The Lord and His Word. It's all God. Amen? But God works through some other means as well. Write these down. First of all, through other people. Now, careful. We don't put our hope in other people. John chapter 2, verses 24 and 25, Jesus talked about that. He was not entrusting Himself to man because He knows what's in a man. Okay, now be careful, don't go the other way and get so cynical that you don't like or trust anybody, right? That's not what it's saying. It's saying that we don't ultimately put our ultimate trust and hope in people because people will let us down. Fair enough, 
But God does work through other people. And many times, other people are huge sources of hope for our lives. In our growth group this week, my grandma shared. She said, I was praying about God's direction. I was really struggling with God's direction. And my grandson came and said something to me. And God spoke to me through my grandson that I was on the right track. He does do that, doesn't he? It's amazing. We'll talk more about that here in just a moment. But I want you to mark it down. If you are looking for hope, you need some other people in your life. And listen, especially when you're struggling, you've got to recognize the tactics of the enemy. He sees you down. He wants to keep you down. And he wants to take you further down. Everything in you is going to say, don't go to church. Don't go to your group. Don't call that friend. Don't ask for help. Don't reach out. Close the blinds. Turn off the lights. Sit there in your ashes. Everything in you is going to say that. But you're going to know because you know the Word of God. I need some people in my life. And they will bring you hope. You find hope by looking forward to heaven. Have you ever thought about that? There are so many verses that talk about this. Titus 2, verse 13, talks about our blessed hope. The Bible talks about the hope that is laid up for us in heaven. The Bible talks about the hope of the glory of God. One day, we are going to be in God's presence forever. We have hope. That the Bible talks about the hope of eternal life. We have hope that is real hope. Friends, this world is not our home. We were made for something else and deep in our hearts. We know it, don't we? Wow! I'm going somewhere good. Somewhere amazing. Every once in a while we get glimpses of glory, don't we? I've never been to Alaska, but people who've been to Alaska just say, the scale is like amazing. It's like in your face, mountains and beautiful landscapes. That, those are glimpses of glory, right? But one day, Alaska is going to look like, was that all we had here? Is that the best we could do? Because heaven is like, Alaska just looks like little mounds of, of, of rocks compared to what God can really do. So then listen, put, quit putting your hope in your job. Quit putting your hope in keeping this house. Quit putting your hope in your boyfriend. Quit putting your hope in anything ultimately in this world because you will be disappointed. But your hope in heaven. You find hope even because of our trials. I don't want to say this. I don't like to say it, but I'm responsible to say it. Okay? So I'm going to tell you, I don't still quite understand this, but I understand it a little bit more now than I used to. There is something about our hard times that can produce more hope in us. That's weird, isn't it? That's weird. Listen, there's something about our hard times that can produce more hope of the good to come. Not only just wanting it to come, but realizing more certainly that it is coming. There's something about our trials that seals that more in us. Romans chapter 5, verses 4 and 5, 3 through 5, talks about that. And not only this, but we also exalt our glory in our tribulations. 
Now, many of you read God's Word. I still, I struggle with how do we glory? Paul talks in 2 Corinthians 12. How do we exalt? How do we glory? How, how do we in some way find joy even in our trials? I'm still working on that. But this is, this is something for you to track down more. I'm, I'm letting you know my limitation. But I'm telling you the Word of God says there's something about your trial that can bring joy and expectation. Not only this, but we also exalt in our tribulations knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance. It does, doesn't it? And perseverance, proven character. And proven character, what? Hope. And hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. In some ways, it might be that we do not realize all that God has done for us until we're at our lowest moments in life. In some ways, we may not realize how good He is, how faithful He is, the wonderful promises that He's given to us, how we were putting our hope. I don't know, there's lots of pieces to it, but the Bible says that through our trials even, God produces a larger hope in us. And I have to admit, to some extent I've experienced that in my life. And to that extent, I say praise the Lord. Amen? Now we mentioned just a moment ago, as believers, we not only receive hope, not only looking for hope in all the right places, <laughs> okay, but we also can be givers of hope. We can bring hope. So let's talk about that a little bit. How can we bring hope to other people? There is so much darkness and pain in this world. Would you just catch a vision of maybe the purpose of your life? What an amazing thing to think about. That because I live on this planet, I could breathe wind into someone else's sails. Someone who is about to give up is willing to go just one more day because I did something for God in their life. Is that not overwhelming? That is breathtaking to me. That is my purpose in life is to do everything I can to bring God to bear on other people's lives and give them hope that there's a better way and a better life ahead for them. Amen? That wasn't very strong. I need a big amen on that one. Thank you. Many times you hear me talk about God's servants. That's, That's really... Something you're going to hear more about here as a church family. Did you know there are people? Did you know there are other churches besides New Hope? Did you know there are godly pastors who are doing the best they can? Who are working their fingers to the bone? Who don't have a lot of resources? Who maybe don't have a lot of help or encouragement? Who don't have people like you guys pray for your pastors? Did you know that there are people like that that we could come along in their life? They're wondering, should they keep doing what they're doing? They're wondering, does it all even matter anyway? They're wondering, are they making any kind of impact? It is part of our future mission. We've done this, but you're going to hear about it even more. To be the wind in the sails of those servants. 
What an awesome joy that someone in this world would keep serving God because we came along and said, we see what you're doing. We honor what you're doing. We affirm what you're doing. Good job. We're praying for you. We're thinking about you. We're helping you. We're supporting you. Church family, I believe personally, there's three things that I believe that God has put on my life. Feeding, leading, and kingdom growth and development. And this is a big part of that. Besides church planting, it is encouraging other servants of the Lord. This past week, two weeks ago, I was able to sit down with another pastor for supper and just say to this young pastor, we're praying for you. We're thinking about you. We're proud of you. We're excited about what you're doing. Awesome church up in the Adirondacks. I went to one of their services and it was like, man, those people sang the roof off. It was awesome. And I was able to give a check to this young pastor from our church because he had shared part of the vision that his church has. And we said, we want to be a part of that. I don't want him wondering, is God using me? I don't want him wondering, is, it, is what I'm doing making a difference? Amen? Amen? The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but desire or a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. Listen, we don't want, I know when it comes to school loans, we want deferment. Amen? Okay, I know that. But in this case, we don't want deferment. We don't want hope deferred, right? We don't want hope delayed. That makes the heart sick. Holding out hope away from someone makes a person give up. But a dream or a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. We don't want to defer hope. We want to apply it. Amen? We want to bring it. So what are some ways that we can do that? Write these down. First of all, take time to truly listen. I've got a pastor friend. I've probably mentioned this to you before, but I've got a pastor friend. It kind of drives me nuts in one sense because he's so good at this. And it just, it almost irritates me. He, he, he listens. You walk in his office, you go out to lunch with him, and he just sits there. And then what do you do? You just spill your guts. Everything you've ever done wrong, you need to confess. You're just like, he, he's got a gift of listening. If we could all catch on to that, There are so many hurting people in this world. Does anybody really care about my problems? And you can give them hope. Yes, there is someone. I tell people that sometimes. I say, listen, I know you're going through a hard time and you're struggling. There's going to be some days you're going to wonder if it's worth it or if anybody cares. I want to be evidence to you that there's at least one. If the enemy says to you, nobody cares, that is not true. I care about you. And there is somebody that you can reach out to. Isn't that awesome? Just take time to listen to someone. And then secondly, as I'm kind of describing, do your best to ease their pain. Most of us have a lot on our plates. When somebody, first of all, just recognizes you've got a lot, that's encouraging, right? But then when someone does something to... Ease that, 
Boy, doesn't it just... I didn't need much, right? I didn't need much. I just need to know. I feel like avalanche is coming on me. I feel like everything is falling. Is there a glimmer of hope up there? Do your best to ease that pain. These next few are, again, kind of in line with some of the things I've learned the last little while, but let them know they're making a difference. Can I share something with you? In some of my most difficult times physically, can I tell you something? That foyer out there, that foyer is a powerful place. I cannot tell you how many times through that intense period physically for me that I didn't really feel like doing what I'm doing right now. Sometimes. Physically. And wondered, all these things we're talking about, and then I would go out in the foyer and somebody would tell me how God had used me in their life. Doesn't that just give you enough? Amen? Gives you hope, doesn't it? There is something good for me to come. You can do that for other people. Next thing is reaffirm your commitment to them. Maybe someone's lost hope. Maybe they, maybe they just need to know that, that, that you're still there for them. Maybe they're wondering about you specifically. It could be your spouse. It could be your kids. It could be a friend. Maybe you haven't talked to a friend in a while. Okay, maybe you're in a busy season of your life. And maybe God just puts on your heart, hey, why don't you send so-and-so a text and just let them, hey, I haven't forgotten about you. I love you. I'm still thinking I'm just in a busy season right now, but I just want to let you know. That gives them hope, doesn't it? Hey, it's okay. We'll catch back up again later. You haven't ditched me. You haven't forgotten about me. You don't, you don't dislike me. It gives them hope. Do you do that for other people? Reaffirm. Hey, I just want you to know how much you mean to me. I've got a couple pastor friends who, um, man, amazingly, just in a precious way, over the last few years have come alongside of me and just sent me texts. Hey, I just want you to know I love you. I just want you to know I believe in you. I just want you to know I, you're, I'm your friend. I've never heard guys talk like that. Amen? I love you. I'm thinking of you. And I'm not trying, guys, I'm not trying to be soft here, weird us out. But you know what? Us guys need to learn how to have friendships like that. Where we share. I'm for you. I care about you. I stand with you. What a precious thing. And then the last thing is, finally, how can you bring hope to other people by trusting God with your own challenges? We've talked about some of mine. You're probably thinking about some of yours. When you trust God with something difficult in your life, you give other people hope that whatever difficulty they have, maybe they can make it through. Amen? Sometimes that's the motivation for me. I don't feel like going through whatever I'm going through, but I know you're watching me. Now, careful. Be easy on me, all right? I can't take pressure. I can't be perfect. But just in a positive, healthy sense, I know that there are other people around me that are observing my walk with God. Listen, by the way, this is one of the reasons you need to get involved in ministry. There are many times on Saturday afternoon before the weekend start where personally, I just don't feel like coming. I'm not trying to be ugly. I, and, and it's not that I, I don't want to be here. I just, I got other things on my mind. 
I'd rather go do this or I'd rather do that or I'd rather just, you know, put my PJs on or whatever, right? But because I'm serving the Lord and there are other people in my life watching and really kind of depending on me in a sense, not in an unhealthy way, but in a healthy way, that helps me. Okay? You can encourage other people. Listen, if you, don't have, if you think, I don't care, I'm just going to lay down and have a fit and just get in a mess here. If there is nobody watching your life that you're concerned about seeing that fit, then you need to get involved in some people's lives. It helps us, doesn't it? And it gives them hope. Boy, we've said it several different ways. I want to be a person who brings hope to others. Not because I will come through for them, but because the God who sent me into their lives wants to work in their lives. And I'm a small indicator of that. Amen? I want to ask you to bow your heads for a few moments. Is God calling you to be a person of hope? A person who breathes life into others by your response to God and by your involvement in their lives. You might say, Pastor Harvey, I've never even thought of that. Well, praise the Lord you came to church this weekend. Because God's showing you another aspect of your walk with Him. Doesn't that give you purpose? There are people who've lost hope. There are people who don't have a confident expectation of good to come. They kind of, in a world sense, hope some things are going to work out, but they don't know. God has put me here to help them find the hope that is found in Jesus Christ. Would you say, God, that is the purpose of my life. I sense it. I want to be that for other people. Some of us think about that, maybe say, Pastor Robbie, to be honest with you, I can't really think about bringing that into others' lives because I don't have any hope. I need God to work in my life. If that's because you don't have the Lord, then why don't you do what I encourage you to do early in the service? Why don't you say, Jesus, I need you. And I ask you to come into my life to be my Savior, to forgive me, Give me the promise of eternal life. So give me hope for my future. God, I give my life to you. Many of us believers, we've made that decision. But in a sense, maybe not ultimately, but in a sense, kind of practically, we've lost hope. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's money. Maybe it's just our world. God, is there anything good coming for us, for me? Maybe you feel like your ship came in and you missed it. Can I just share with you, whenever you hear that kind of language, that is not from God. That is the lying enemy. Oh, friend, in Christ, we have so much hope. Thank you, Lord. Amen. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you. God, I'm just grateful I have a message to share with these precious people. A message of hope. It's real hope. Did you receive that right now? God, I'm your child, but I just, I don't see it. God, I need to spend more time in your word, searching and seeking for your message of hope for me, God. Will you speak your promises into my life, God? God, I receive that. I trust you for that. Oh, dear Lord, thank you so much. Thank you for the hope that is found in Jesus Christ. I have a very confident expectation of good. And it is typically not based on what I'm seeing in my life. It's based upon your promises and your faithfulness in the past. We love you, Lord. We love you so much. Thank you, God. This is our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.